It's your Locked On Flyers podcast for Thursday, October 6th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that is so happy to once again have Mary Clark here for a Flyers season preview. It's the show you've been waiting for. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello in Flyers land. I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I am here as always with the lovely and talented Russ Cohen, who is on Twitter at Sportsology. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. You can follow us on Twitter at Lockdown Flyers, where you'll keep up to date on all the Flyers news and our episodes. You can also email the show at LockdownFlyers at gmail.com. On today's show is that season preview with Mary Clark. We've been doing it every year since the show started. So very happy to continue that tradition. Locked on Flyers is free and available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you are listening. So subscribe. You'll get all of our episodes here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Plus, we're over on YouTube. So watch and subscribe there as well. So without further ado, here is our conversation about this year's Flyers with Mary Clark. All right, we are thrilled to welcome from For the Win, Mary Clark, who is a longtime Flyers fan and was a podcaster on this very network for a while. So very excited to get her insights, as is tradition on Lockdown Flyers, into the upcoming season. Welcome, Mary. Hello. It's it's, it's good to be here. Um, it's been a while, Rachel, since we've last talked. And Russ, we haven't, you know, I have not been on the podcast since you joined. So uh, I know. I'm... And I used to see your practice or some other places. Yeah, as yeah. So we have, yeah. So we have a history between the three of us. So it's, it's good to talk to you guys. And I'm excited to talk to you guys. I'm excited to talk to you guys more than I think that I'm excited to, you know, watch the Flyers this season. But I'm sure we're going to get into it because, oh boy, <laughs> this team is a mess, huh? Yeah. Well, that's my first question. And we talked to Jordan Hall last week. And the first question I asked him, I'm going to ask you, uh, are the Flyers, in fact, cursed? I think so. <laughs> I think the Flyers are cursed. I don't know who did it, what did it. Um, you know, the, we were riding that like little wave of time right before the pandemic started of like, you know, it felt like nothing could touch the Flyers, like everything was great. And then suddenly it's like Charlie Brown and the football, it all gets snatched away from us. And yeah, I mean, there have been, there are teams in the NHL probably more cursed than the Flyers. You can look at the Maple Leafs, for example, and they're, mm -hmm. you know, round one game seven curse. Um, that is, I don't know which is more tragic um because like you know you're like the maple Leafs are essentially the face of the nhl and to you know continually fail in that regard um is embarrassment on a level i don't know if we flyers fans can like you know relate to but this still sucks like i think yeah i mean the, the team is cursed everything that has gone wrong like could like went wrong essentially for this team all the injuries you know like the signings that went wrong for chuck fletcher i mean the, the tony d'angelo stuff too like it is just i think <laughs> i don't want to put this out there because i don't i don't want to jinx it but you know there it would be so flyers this year to you know go after patrick kane of all players right before the trade deadline <laughs> so 
Like, I mean, you know, that's just, you know, the stuff with him. But then, of course, you know, the Flyers didn't pick him in the draft like they weren't they weren't able to. So, like, it just it just it feels like we're heading towards that direction. Like, you have to expect the worst with this Flyers team just overall. And, like, God bless uh, us Flyers fans, really, for sticking with this team for as long as we have. Because right now they're not giving us a whole lot to, you know, cheer for. And, you know, maybe, Rachel, you can you know, change my ways here and give me something to cheer for. But right now it is just, oh, it's, it's so bad. It's hard. I mean, we've, we've talked about that regularly on this show as far as um, Flyers fans looking for something to be excited about. But, okay, so you brought up D'Angelo. The, the thing that I'll ask you about D'Angelo is the other night, you know, he put the Flyers sweater on for the first time and he had a bad game. Mm-hmm. And it does make you wonder – how much of an adjustment there will be for him playing in his hometown, because I've seen players do this in other sports and it's happened in hockey too, where all of a sudden they go to their hometown and while they think it's going to be great, uh, all the other distractions sort of get to them. How do you think that's going to fall out for him? Yeah. I mean, there's a certain amount of pressure to it, obviously like, you know, coming back to your hometown is for a sports player pretty big. And, you know, you see some players like, you know, sometimes thrive in it, but you know, it's, the pressure gets to you, especially in a city like Philadelphia. I know that not all eyes are on the Flyers at all times. I mean, now it's now it's Eagles town because we know how good right. the Eagles have been recently. So the Eagles are probably going to take a lot of, you know, the eyeballs and the sports talk radio and stuff in Philadelphia. But still, like, the, people care about the Flyers. It's, it's clear that they still do. And, you know, coming into a new city with a new team and, you know, D'Angelo's partnered with a player not as good as who is he with last year, Jacob Slavin. Um, yeah. I mean, he's got mm-hmm. he's got Provorov, who is still a good defender, but not on Jacob Slavin's level. So no. it's going to be it's going to be an adjustment. Basically, D'Angelo is going from a team in the Hurricanes that are, you know, basically perennial playoff contenders, like, you know, making it out of the first round consistently. Sure, they have some roadblocks in the playoffs, but and a lot of that last year was due to injuries in net that kind of failed them. But you know, that team is as stacked as they come, basically. They're always in the mix for being a Stanley Cup contender. So it is, it, it's going to be an adjustment period for D'Angelo. Like, I'm sure he will, you know, turn out to be like a good hockey player that puts up points for the team because somebody's going to have to score on this team. Um, but <laughs> it's just, I think it's going to take an adjustment, but I wouldn't be surprised if he takes a step back this year just because of all the factors. I mean, I, I think like the hometown stuff he'll probably get over um, because that's just the more the more you do it the more you get used to it um, yeah. as everything is in in this world. Um, but I I definitely think regression is probably coming for him just based on the fact that the Flyers are not nearly as good overall as the Hurricanes are, and his partner is not nearly as good as Jacob Slavin is. I think the biggest difference honestly between last season and and this season is having John Tortorella behind mm-hmm. the bench. Uh, what do you think? his impact will be this season like what do you think the biggest difference in this team will be with him there well um everything we've heard out of training camp um so far with Tortorella is that he's skating the players hard um and he's trying to instill uh you know a base level of discipline and also just like conditioning um I don't remember I think it was the most recent preseason game that the Flyers did that they came out like completely flat in the Mm -hmm. second period. Um, And it was just like, it's the same old, same old from the Flyers. This happens all the time where either they don't start games on time, basically, or, you know, they have a completely flat period and their opponent, like, you know, scores a couple and the game gets away from them and they can't come back. 
Tortorella should at least improve the baseline of this team. Hopefully, like we know what Tortorella brings as a coach. He's a hard nosed coach. Um, he expects the players to have a certain level of conditioning and training and pushes them hard. And, you know, I know people have gone back and forth on whether that style is effective, but it could be what this Flyers team needs to at least get them to a level of competency that we haven't really seen from them in a while. I still think it's going to take a miracle for Tortorella to, you know, get stuff out of this team to make them a playoff contender. I have, I don't have high hopes for that because I think this team's talent is just like with all of the injuries they have, it is just, it, you can only do so much, but at least he's going to make them a more competent team that like that skates around on the ice. It's just, I think it's just going to be so hard, especially in the Metro where, you know, you're facing down a bunch of other teams and in the East in general, where, you know, the hardest uh, division in the East is the, like the hardest division in the NHL is the Atlantic. So there's just a lot of factors at play here that, you know, if the Flyers play better, it's going to be because of what the mentality Tortorella instills in them. Um, and hey, at least he's good for a, a quote or two, uh, which, you know, is something to look forward to at least. So I'm that's at least a storyline I'm looking forward to outside of the ice is just, you know, towards his interaction with the media. And, um, you know, I it's it's going to be it's going to be a good time, at least in that regard. But I I believe that Tortorella is definitely going to be tested here. <laughs> To get this team to, you know, try and, you know, get to a playoff spot because it just doesn't it doesn't feel like they can with the talent they have. Up next, we'll have more with Mary on the Flyers going into this season. But first, we're going to hear about our friends at Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your pro and college football betting needs this season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news and podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. As always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. It's the fastest and easiest way to get in all your favorite sports and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. Now, looking at what we've seen so far, the, the issue is with the Flyers before, and I'm not a big shot guy. Like, you know, as long as the puck goes in, uh, it's not the end of the world once in a while to get outshot. But the Flyers continually get outshot. And if they're going to be like, John Torrello's team where they're living in their own end. They're not a good quick strike team and they're getting a goal a game so far uh, for the most last couple. And they are getting outshot, you know, at times tremendously, sometimes embarrassingly. And it does worry that worry me that they don't have the personnel to, to pull off what Tortorella wants to pull off here. Yeah, it's, it's tough. I mean, like, if we had, you know, Sean Couturier at the very least, like, you know, there's at least some like basically pinned to put in this team to be like, this is the linchpin, but they're kind of directionless right now. They kind of need at least one player to step up. And I don't, I don't know if you'll ask me about this later, but uh, to me, I'm looking at like the young kids, basically like, you know, Noah Cates and, mm -hmm. you know, Morgan Frost to take a step, Bobby Brink, when he comes back from injury, you know, Joel Farabee, when he's back, like, like I'm looking towards those players to, you know, make an impact. And he, and Tortorella says he's going to play them. So we'll see. But like, for me, it's just like, it, it's so rough because like the anchors we had on this team for so long are gone. I mean, Drew traded away and he was the anchor of this team for so mm -hmm. long. 
Uh, somebody you could rely upon, at least. There was nobody that cared more about the Flyers, it felt like, than Drew. Um, and it showed on the ice in how much he tried to do. And, you know, sometimes he failed in that regard. But because he cared so much, it seems like it. he put too much on his shoulders. And then, you know, Couturier, always kind of like, you know, the silent warrior out there. Kind of underrated in aspects. Of course, he won a Selkie. But, like, you know, it always felt like in the grand conversation of things in the NHL, he was underrated. And now he's injured and probably going to miss the whole season if, you know, if reports are be, to be believed. And, you know, we only got, what, four games of Ryan Ellis, too, who's an NHL vet, uh, stable presence back there um, on defense. And just, you know, the linchpins of this team are gone. You can look to players like, you know, Kevin Hayes might honestly be somebody that you look to for that kind of leadership. You know, Hayes, uh, Konechny, Provorov, probably. Like, there are players, and Kim Atkinson, too. He's a, he's a Tortorella guy. Uh, he's, uh, you know, played for him before. So, like, there are pieces there. It's just going to take on a new shape this year for the flyers and it's i it, yeah i mean i think it's going to be tough for tortorella to play the system he wants but you know he does have a lot of you know hard nose grinding players as we've seen with some of the acquisitions like nick delorier and whatnot so you know it, it, they're at least going to play flyers hockey which is what they've talked about um mm -hmm. and it might not be you know the most fun style of hockey and you know the most offensive style of hockey but they may finally have a team identity again so there's something at least yeah, I think they're going to have to do the Torts way of creating offense through good defense. Mm -hmm. Ostensibly, the problem is, like, can they have the good defense and discipline to do it in order to generate that offense? Because they've had problems, you know, getting the puck out of the zone sometimes and carrying it down and having good zone entries where they're in a good position to make a play of it. But I, so I think that's really the big linchpin here for this season and whether or not they can take steps forward. But sort of speaking of that defensive side of the things, obviously, you know, with Provi and D'Angelo being your top pair, and then you have Sanheim and Risto and Risto is a, a giant question mark as mm -hmm. well. Mm -hmm. um, like where do you see the defense coming together in order to generate that offense? You have to hope basically it starts from the top down that, you know, Provov and D'Angelo can, you know, find a partnership together. And on paper, like it feels like they should work together because, you know, D'Angelo is the offensive guy and Provov is more of, you know, playing the the defense. And there's a reason people don't want Provorov out there on the on the power play. Like, you know, he's he's yeah. not gonna be the offensive generating guy, but if you stick him with a guy like D'Angelo. Um, they should mesh together. So that for me is where it all comes together. It has to, that pairing has to work because like I said, on paper, it's what should work. So after that, like, you know, things can, you know, trickle down basically. And, you know, Sandheim and Risto, I mean, Risto got ragged on a lot last year um, and still probably going to, because, you know, the contract he was given really doesn't fit with the type of, uh, you know, player and performance that he brings. Um, but, you know, we're kind of stuck with them. So if you give them basically probably the Flyers best, maybe overall defenseman in Sandheim, um, that should hopefully, you know, rise him up a little bit to a better level. And then the, you know, that last spot is kind of just like a flex between, you know, Cam York and then, you know, Justin Braun, perhaps Ronnie Adderd, like, you know, there's a lot of ways they could go with this. I'm really looking forward to seeing what Kim York can do. It's not the most ideal situation for him to be in, but like the new blood this Flyers team has is the most compelling thing, I think, to me overall. We know what Provorov is. We know what D'Angelo is. We know what Sandheim is now. And we know what, you know, Braun and Risto are. But like, 
York is kind of an unknown and all of the younger players on this roster um, at least give me a little bit of hope because there's no way that um, all of the prospects the Flyers have just don't turn out. Somebody has to work, right? Like, like somebody has to work. So I'm at least keeping my eye on that throughout the season. But for me, the big linchpin is the fact that, you know, Provov- Provorov and D'Angelo have to basically work. They don't have to be, you know, incredible out there. They just need to be competent enough for Tortorella's system to work and for it to trickle down the rest of the way. Because if, you know, we're doing line shuffling in the first week already and it's not working, like... It's not going to go well, I think, for this defense, and it's just it's it's going to fall apart essentially. So that pairing needs to work for the rest of the defense to have a chance, basically, at finding some sort of stability. So, question for me, Mary, is can Carter Hart play fifty games in a season? I don't know if he can. Ooh. He's never played fifty games in a season, mm-hmm. and if Sandstrom or Grosnick have to play more than thirty, this team's in trouble. And I like Sandstrom, but he's never. He doesn't have a track record of playing that many NHL games, so he could have some hiccups. What do you think? Oh, boy. Uh, well, Carter Hart has – I just looked it up real quick. The, the most he's played in a season is 45 games, and that was last year. That's a big question mark. They, there's there's no real – you know, like, for, for the past couple of seasons, or for a while at least, there's always been some sort of veteran back there behind Carter Hart. Right. You know, the the basically the corpse of Brian Elliott or Martin Jones or somebody back there that was at least, I don't want to say reliable, but like a, a veteran, like somebody you could, could bail least... him out in bad yeah. spots. Bad exactly. Yeah. exactly. And it's like, sure, we didn't want the Flyers to tout up Brian Elliott for half the season because that was bad. He's better in moderation. But, mm-hmm. you know, it is... It, now we don't have that this year and the whole situation, you know, with the Russian goaltender and everything there just really kind of threw things up in the air for the flyers because he was kind of supposed to be possibly the, you know, you know, the guy behind Carter Hart, if everything worked out as well as they wanted to, it seems, but you know, you've got Hart who's has to play at least a majority of the games this year. And then you've got Sandstrom and you know, it's just like, yeah, it's not it's not an ideal situation. They have to basically hope that Carter Hart is has rebounded. I don't think he's going to be, you know, the goaltender we all thought he could be, you know, Carey Price incarnate, essentially, um, you know, and it, that sucks that it feels like, you know, he's not lived up to his potential, but Hart can still be a really, really good goaltender. Mm-hmm. Um, and he kind of has to prove that, you know, this is who he is instead of, you know, the player that has, you know, faltered at times and had, you know, real tough, like, I don't, I don't necessarily blame him for the seasons that happened during the pandemic when he was like, you know, we were all floundering out there mentally, essentially. Oh, yeah. And it was, it was rough for all of us. So like, it sucks, but like that can still stick with you. But I, you know, I would like to think that, you know, Hart can get over that mentally and, you know, center himself. But, you know, he doesn't have, you know, uh, a safety net anymore, basically. And I'll at least be interested to see what they can do in goaltender, like, you know, with the goalies behind him. But, you know, it's it could be really rough if Hart doesn't have a good year or he gets injured. Or also, of course, there's the stuff with Hockey Canada, which obviously we don't know anything about but you know he was on that team so Mm -hmm. we have no idea how the repercussions of that will play out like i said that's you know all alleged and stuff like that so i'm not like pointing fingers i'm just saying that that is at least something to consider with the goaltending situation this year so just something to keep an eye on for sure but it's it's you know there's a lot going to be thrown at carter hart this year and he's going to have to rise to the occasion basically or 
the goaltending position is going to flounder and you know how it is with goalies. If you know, you don't have a good goalie, you're kind of sunk. So um, it's, it's going to be a lot for Hart this year. We will wrap up with Mary coming up next. Uh, I I do want to ask you, like, what do you think is the best case scenario for this team? And along with it, Mm -hmm. like, what do you think they need to accomplish in order to win back maybe the fans that were angry about this offseason? It's weird. You would think the best case scenario would be to make the playoffs, but it almost feels like the best case scenario isn't to make the playoffs and is to fail spectacularly. Um I'm one of those fans that, you know, I've been optimistic about this Flyers team. Rachel, you guys you guys know me. You've seen me. Mm-hmm. You've talked to me on Twitter. You know I'm pretty optimistic. But I think that there's something fundamentally broken about the Flyers overall in terms of just, like, the ideals that they want to put into a hockey team. Well, Torts has pointed it out. Like, he sees the problem yeah. there, but will it get fixed this year? I don't know. Yeah, exactly. But like you look at a team, like the teams that have made the Stanley Cup final, you know, the Colorado Avalanche, the Tampa Bay Lightning, and you look at a team like the Flyers, and the mentalities could not be more different. The Flyers are still hanging on to that, like, you know, Broad Street Bullies era. It's ingrained in their blood. And I get it. Like, those won you, like that era won you cups, but we are not in 1975, 76 anymore. Like, those years are long gone. And the NHL has now morphed into, you know, like a high speed game, a high skill game with, you know, players like Kale McCarr and Connor McDavid and, you know, uh, Nikita Kucherov and stuff like that. And there's no, no one like that on the flyers, even a team like the Montreal Canadians who have, you know, who made the Stanley cup final, then bottomed out, have a bit of hope because a coach like Martin St. Louis is bringing new ideas into the NHL and the team is really responding to that. And they've got a lot of really good young players that I'm looking forward to watching. And I look at the flyers and I see that they're stuck in this old boys mentality. And okay. So just because you hurts. brought up St. Louis, I have to double down on this one. Um, Cause I don't know how you feel on it at the draft. I was stunned when the flyers didn't take Cole Caulfield, certainly mm-hmm. Martin St. Louis has unlocked Cole Caulfield with that shot and everything else. And the flyers are still looking for a guy like that. And they could have had that guy. What is your feeling about that? Yeah. I mean, it was a mistake. Like we all like it, it it's hard. It is hard to draft. Drafting is not easy. I know mm-hmm. I'm, I'm getting off of the point we were originally talking about. But drafting, <laughs> drafting, drafting, but this plays into easy. it. No, but this plays yeah. into it. It does. Drafting, yeah. isn't, drafting yeah. isn't easy. And I get that. Like, you know, you want to take a player that you think would fit in your system. But if you look at the type of things Cole Caulfield brings and the thing about him was his size, was it not like his whole, his whole thing against him was the fact that he's small. He can score right. goals, but he's small. And right. that type of like, player model does not fit with what the flyers view you know like their organization like it's not an organizational goal for them and the canadians are now reaping the rewards of you know taking a player like that and i don't even remember who the flyers picked honestly was it was it it wasn't bobby brink was it well they made the trade to go down and then york and brink were who they ended up getting yeah okay thank you yes the years just all muddled. Oh, together. no, no, I get it. I get it. <laughs> um, <laughs> Only because yeah. I'm at the draft every year and I, I do it on the radio, do I have to remember? <laughs> that's No, that's fair. And um, covering the NHL as a whole uh, at my yeah. website, it's one of those things where it's like, I can't, I can't always pick out certain details, but thank you. But yeah, it all goes back to that like old school mentality. So I know that it might not be what Flyers fans want to hear, but it feels like if the Flyers made the playoffs, which – in probably the Flyers' minds is their best case scenario that you know mm-hmm. they make the playoffs. 
But what does that get you? You make the playoffs. You're not going to make it out of the first round. Like, it it would be really, really, like, John Tortorella would have to be a miracle worker, basically, to make this work. With the way this team is structured, they just don't have the talent to compete with, you know, the upper echelon teams. They just, they just don't. And, you know, you make the playoffs or you barely miss, um, you barely miss out. And then you're stuck in that, you know, level of mediocrity where you're it's like mushy area. Yeah, yeah. Where you don't want to be, you don't want to be that you either want to be competing year after year or you want to be really bad. Yeah. So like for me, the best case scenario is if the flyers completely just flop this year and it would be painful to watch. It'll be absolutely painful to watch, but you know, at the end, there'd be a light at the end of the tunnel where like, you know, the team moves on from some people in the front office that are continuing to, you know, um, espouse these like these ideals and stuff mm-hmm. and it is just it that's the only way forward i can see for this team to have a future that looks as bright as you know the canadians do or mm-hmm. the lightning still have or the avalanche mm-hmm. or even the rangers i know the rangers kind of fell backwards into their their rebuild or whatever by you know drafting you know capo caco and alexi lafrenier but mm-hmm. like and but even then like they haven't been the stars of that team it's been no. their other players and an incredible goaltender too. Mm-hmm. So like, it is just for me, that is the best case scenario in my mind because it works out better towards the flyers future because we've seen the same song and dance over and over again. If they are middling, if they make the playoffs, but miss like that, don't get out of the first round. They're picking like, you know, 17th, 18th, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, or if they barely miss the playoffs, they're picking like 12th, 13th, whatever it is. Right. Like you don't want to be there. You want to be in that top spot, like that top, like top five, basically. Mm-hmm. And it is mm-hmm. just, it, it's, it's interesting. It'll be interesting to see if Tortorella can raise them high enough to get them out of that. But I don't know. I think it's going to be a real challenge. But for me, that is the best case scenario. I know it might not be what Flyers fans want to hear because they want to have hope in this team again. And they want to, you know, they want to be excited about hockey. Like we were talking before before we recorded about the Phillies just absolutely imploding. It is just like <laughs> it's just uh, it's just a mess. And like it, people want to be excited about something in this town right now. It's the Eagles. And you know what? That's fair because they seem really good right now. Yeah. But like the Flyers can have some sort of success like that there is a market there's obviously a market for hockey in this town and people are big fans of the team and for me it'll be incredibly painful to watch this season but i think that it's probably the best avenue for this team to go down just because i can't see a route where this style of hockey and this mentality takes them to the stanley cup final unless for some reason chuck fletcher suddenly is able to you know manipulate trades in a manner that he's able to win them and you know we saw this year with the johnny goudreau stuff that he hasn't been able to manipulate other gms into you know getting the things he wants and it is just yeah it, that, that's the way i see it and i know that's probably not going to be the answer some flyers fans want to hear but it's been it, and you know me i'm an optimistic person it's a, yeah yeah it's just it's tough it they, they back themselves into a corner and there's no real good answer on the way out honestly yeah, I think they they have to get better, but with an intention to it that moves that management makes and things that the coaches do push them in in that direction. They, it just can't be accidental success, I think, right. for, for fans to to really take hold of this team again in that way. 
All right. To, to wrap things up here, Mary, you know, you cover the whole league as as part of your work at for the for the win. Do you have any bold predictions for anything in the NHL this season? Well, looking at the Metro specifically, I don't think the Capitals are going to make the playoffs. I think Alex Ovechkin might hit 50 again, but that team that team is, I think, the oldest in the NHL. And um, I just, I don't, I don't believe in them. Like I, I, Ovechkin can only take them so far and I'm rooting for him to break Gretzky's record, but I just don't see them making the playoffs. I see a team like the Islanders kind of returning to form, you know, they lost Barry Trotz, um, but you know, they still have the same players and they're also not on like a brutal five week schedule, like a way schedule to open their season. Um, so I think the Islanders are a team to bounce back. I see a team like Florida kind of taking a step back. I know that's probably kind of like not a hot take specifically or a bold prediction. Um, but you know, they traded for Matthew Kachuk in the off season and, um, they lost some really good players in that trade in return, Huberto and Mackenzie Weger. Um, and for me, it might not, you know, equal like the scales basically might not balance. Kachuk is an incredible player and I'm looking forward to watching him on the Panthers this year. But it just for me, I don't I think that they got worse and will probably take a step back. I want to see Ottawa in the playoffs really, really badly. Like, I want to I want to I want to see them in the playoffs really badly. One for Giroux, because, you know, I still love them. But they had they had such an incredible offseason, you know. People dunked on Pierre Dorian when he was like, the rebuild is over. And that that quote was a year ago. If you forget, mm -hmm. that quote was a year ago. And like, he's about to have the last laugh on all of us, I think. And I'm really looking forward to watching them. Um, as for any other bold predictions, I'm trying to think of things out in the West. I think the Flames will probably be like the second best team out there. The Avalanche, obviously still incredible. Um, I'm looking at the Kings as a team that could, you know, continue to, you know, surprise as a dark horse. I also wouldn't be surprised if Seattle kind of makes a playoff push this year. You know, you've got Shane Wright and Maddie Beneers down there. And like, you know, it's I'm looking forward to seeing what they're building. Of course, Dave Haxtell is still the coach and we Flyers fans kind of know what he brings to the table. But I'm looking forward to seeing what the Kraken can do. And I know that, you know, their expansion draft wasn't what everybody thought like it should be compared to, you know, a team like the Golden Knights. But I think that their future is kind of bright and uh, they're kind of my a second adopted team now that the Flyers have, you know, kind of lost me a little bit. So um, maybe that's a little personal wish fulfillment there. But I really think that Seattle could actually like, I know people predicted it last year and you don't look at my predictions last year. That was wrong. And Seattle was bad. <laughs> and don't listen to me. But like, I think this year, I think this year might actually be, the year for them to you know take a step forward and maybe try and make a playoff push but you know that's kind of how i see the nhl as a whole i'm looking forward to it i think it's going to be fun um we've got another fun 82 game season ahead of us and you know there's going to be some surprises i think and you know some teams that we once thought were kind of powerhouses might honestly falter and yeah I, it's going to be a good time i'm looking forward to having hockey back in my life honestly Nice. All right, Mary, where can people find you out there? You can find me on Twitter at Mary C. Clark, and you can read my stuff at For the Win, um, anywhere you, you know, read stuff on your tablet, your computer, your phone, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I've had a handful of um, hockey season preview stuff go out already. So just, you know, keep an eye on my Twitter and you'll see that stuff. But yeah, uh, doing hockey, but also doing stuff like football and baseball and crying about the Phillies but hey at least the Eagles are good so that's where you can find me and you can check out my stuff all right once again thank you so much to Mary Clark for yeah, joining us 
She is so much fun to talk to. She also writes about video games. So definitely check out her content over at For The Win. That will do it for today's show. We'll be back again on Friday with the latest from training camp, final roster predictions, really talk about kind of who got the best opportunities and who got hosed uh, at, at camp. I think that'll be a really interesting discussion. As a reminder, we always want to hear from you. So send in your questions or thoughts on the Flyers via Twitter at Lockdown Flyers, or you can email us at lockdownflyers at gmail.com. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. You made us your first listen today. Now make your second listen, Locked On NHL. Locked On experts give you a daily 30-minute podcast on all things NHL all year long. So stay up to date on everything in the hockey world with Locked On NHL, your daily NHL podcast. Have a great day, everyone.